Welcome to the Wine and Down Podcast. This is episode nine with myself, Adam, and Alicia. Hi. We are back and we are I've never heard you say hi like that except for this podcast. Really? Yeah, it's it's your podcast. I like it. It's like showtime. Uh, we're back today uh, for episode nine after a little bit of a layoff yeah, I here, feel like but it's been a while. Life gets in the way sometimes, but that's all right. Uh, and we're back with a wine that I've never tried in a region that I've never been to or had any wines from, let alone this specific wine maker. Is it Italian? It is Italian. It is a uh, it is a Chianti. Uh, do you have any semblance of any thoughts on Chianti wine? Zero. I would have pronounced it Chianti. <laughs> I, I don't think you'd be alone either. The only reason I know it's Chianti is because of Silence of the Lambs. Um, Anthony Hopkins says, like, I want to, like, eat your liver with fava beans and a nice Chianti. Oh. So. Yikes. Also, but that also kind of oozes sophistication because he's got, like, a, a very classy British accent, right? So uh, that's all I know about Chianti. But... Um, we're really going to merge the two parts of the episode because usually we like to try and learn something about wine and then we also like to drink our wine and appraise it, right? Yeah. So this week we're going to just, uh, on the back of a little bit of research from myself here, uh, learn a little bit about Chianti. Love it. So when we say, when we have had a wine in the past, like let's say we're having a Cabernet Sauvignon, if I say we're, ha- we're having a Cabernet Sauvignon, that tells you the grape varietal, right? Yes. Not so much... With Chianti. Okay. Chianti is actually a region in central Italy um, that goes back uh, for thousands of years. It was the Etruscans who were, who developed, or developed, who denoted the area was good for uh, grape growing. Yep. Uh, and then the Romans furthered that along and it's gone on and on and on. And there's a classical, classico region, uh, Chianti Classico, I believe it's called, that was the original area of uh, the Chianti region. And then they've expanded that now. Um, and when we're drinking this, we're actually drinking Sangiovese grapes. Oh. Which is interesting because nowhere on the front of this bottle does it say Sangiovese, does it? No. So it just says Chianti. To, to add to the confusion, uh, this bottle says Castiglione, Chianti, a bunch of um, Italian. Italian words in 2018. And at the bottom it says Frescobaldi. So I don't know. I think Castiglione is the winery. I think Frescobaldi is the winemaker. And in Chianti, I know, is the type of wine, quote-unquote, but that's Sangiovese grapes grown in the Chianti region. It's just so interesting that every other red or wine is usually named after the grape. grape, And this is a region. That just confuses me. Which, like, that's why I was kind of looking up a little bit on Chianti just to be like, oh, like, what should you expect? And I kept seeing Sangiovese, Sangiovese, Sangiovese. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm not asking about Sangiovese grapes, but they're, they're very much intertwined. So... Um, outside of Anthony Hopkins and Silence of the Lambs, the other uh, most notable thing about Chianti would be the bottle and the harness that it came in. Okay. Because Chianti was previously in a uh, stubby bottle. Uh, it was called a Fiasco. And it was, a, uh, it was in a straw basket that it came in. And it's very popular. If you look at like, I don't want to say like older relatives, but like your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, if they have like a bar... They probably have a bottle with a straw, like a round, short, fat, round bottle with a straw basket. Well, you know what? So how, yeah, so Adam just pulled up a picture here. And my recollection of this and my memory is recently on TikTok, (laughs) someone said to buy this wine and, you know, drink the wine, whatever. And then you use it as a flower pot, like the base. As like an interesting decorative 
uh, flower pot. So that's that is why that looks so familiar to me. What is your impression of the straw? Oh basket? god, it looks just like hay. I don't know. It's just it looks tacky to me. It's super tacky, but the bottle shape is cool. It's like round and not our bottle, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's it's very unique. It is super unique. It's just, it's weird. But also, I think very old, very old school. Yeah, yeah. and very like European come to totally. come to come to America kind of vibes. And I think it's like that um, presence of culture, or like you know that feeling of your culture because you have the straw bottle. And, and maybe like back in the day, you know, in this little Chianti town, that's was their signature way to bottle wine. Yeah, and, and preserve and it. Maybe the wine. I did learn about this. You did too. I did. About oh. what the straw is for. Oh, I don't remember. Do you remember what it was for? No, but I remember we watched that little... Uh, Sommelier. Sommelier. Yeah. Sommelier, Sommelier. Uh, documentary series. Yes. They were like little bite-sized videos. Um, I don't remember what they said. So, uh, for transportation across oh, the Mediterranean, when right. you put them on boats, uh, the bottles will have a little bit of insulation right. from each other and won't crack and smash. Yeah. So, okay. it makes sense then. Totally. But then again, you would also think that you would take the wine out of the traveling case and then display the bottle or store the bottle um but again that's something that you know there's like this mysterious desire for culture for like new world people like north americans when it comes to european things so uh, i guess it's keeping that straw basket on was probably like the cultural stamp of approval because i guess nowadays transportation is probably way different than back then so it's probably not in crates on boats yeah it was it? it was probably wood crates back then with all the bottles and nowadays it's cardboard boxes with sleeves in between right, right. Yeah. um and this shape of bo- a <laughs> bottle would not fit nicely in a cardboard box that we see wine in no and i do believe they do they still sell um they still sell bottles like this but uh the big round fiascos um but it just reminds me of like the pirate jugs that your dad Nuanda <laughs> drink out of. yeah so if i'm just looking through here i just typed in chianti for and there's 14 pages of results on lcbo.com and almost all oh, of them are in the tall bottle but this one here leonardo chianti fiasco uh, Tuscany region, which is that central area of Italy or, or part of that. And it's, you know, got the straw the thing. traditional bottle. Absolutely. Um, $16 that one was. That's really... 311 for that one. Holy cow. So yeah, bottles very, very, very much vary. Uh, they, <laughs> bottles do vary in their price points. Um, but something I learned about Chianti is that it's one of, it, it's the most popular Italian wine variety in America. Oh, which is interesting because I really don't hear about it much. But do you, what, what do you think of when you think of Italian wines? I don't know. Me neither. I just think red. I, think I don't know why. Now, before before jumping into this wine, <clears throat> excuse me, wine world, I I didn't Chianti just from Anthony Hopkins, and I assumed it was Italian. But now I know like Barolo, Nebbiolo, varieties Hermitage. like that. Well, no, that that's. That's specifically France. I'm talking specifically Italian. Hey. Yes. Uh, I'm not good at geography. Uh, Nebbiolo <laughs> and Barolo are the main two. Um, but uh, now now we're into Chianti, and it kind of makes sense. And maybe it's just the familiar familiarity of the word Chianti. Uh, and, like, the you know, it was kind of around, I think. It looks very 70s to me. Yeah. Are there – this is just kind of going back to the whole, like, that it's – called Chianti based on the region. Are there any other wines grown in Chianti that aren't Chianti? Uh, let's look. Well, no, because any, I think any wine grown in the Chianti region would be a Chianti. But what if they're growing Sav, Sauvignon Blanc in Chianti? Is it still called a Chianti? Uh, that's a very good 
Right? Like it's okay, okay. It's okay. a very good question, but there's a quick answer here that okay. I Googled as I stalled <laughs> by just saying, uh, so Chianti Dio, DOCG, in DOCG, I don't know what it exactly stands for, but that's basically the like denomination of what makes a wine a wine, like Appalachian groups, which we okay. talked about previously. So the Chianti region is divided into seven subzones, Chianti Rafina, Chianti Cali Aratini, Chianti Cali Fiorentini, Chianti Cali Sensi, Chianti Colleen Pisani, uh, Chianti Maltabano and Chianti Montespatoli. Now, I don't know what I just said. Wow, that was not bad. The Pisani reminds me of Sam. <laughs> yeah, Shout exactly. Out to Sam uh, he's Italian. He's Italian, Maybe yeah. Maybe he's from Chianti. Maybe he's from the, Tus- the Tuscan region. Um, is that the north or south? Middle. Huh. Uh, Brunello is the other one that I that I'd heard of. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. This is something we can look into. We always say that I, I find... Um, no, and we never... We never really come never back to it. Back. Um, but so yeah, the Appalachian zone is the Chianti region and all the wines that come from there, um, tend to be, it looks like Sangiovese grapes. Okay. Um, but as we can kind of like shoehorn this conversation together with our wine, apparently Chianti is really popular because, um, it's moderately dry and it also pairs well with food. Which... (laughs) I'm coming off for of a, most wines. Well, but. yeah, but I think a lot of a lot of different wines pair with different things. That seem to be rather generic. Oh, okay. So where it's like people are like, oh, I need smoky meat with this or something like that. This is like pour it in a cup and drink it, and you'll be fine. Um, so I mean, that's a good that's a good precursor to what we're going to be doing because we not precursor, I guess postcursor because we just had some pizza, yeah. which is a traditional Italian food. Maybe, maybe Although not. Although I wish it was homemade, but it was Pizza Nova. It was Pizza Nova. It was, it was, it was fine. A little bready. Um, as maybe some of you know, Adam has delved into the bread making, and he makes homemade sourdough pizza dough. Oh man, it is so good. My birthday's in a couple days, and that—that's <laughs> my one birthday wish. We're so. double dipping on pizza. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, do you want to pour the wine? Yeah. I'm going to just de- describe the uh, bottle here. Perfect. So, we mentioned uh, what the label said, Castiglione, Chianti, Frescobaldi. Um, it's a pretty plain label, although it's kind of classic and cool. It's not tacky at all like we had kind of been talking about those old bottles, the uh, fiascos. But it has, um, like, the coloring is kind of like, you know when you were in middle school and you had to make something old? Yeah, like the tea, you tea, bag, tea bag. It, it kind of looks that kind of yellowy old yeah it's got that like uh, antique look uh at the top it's like a very deep shiny that was not a spill but very close a uh, deep a deep red shiny um metal label metallic label and it was a corked bottle not a uh, corkscrew or not a screw sorry uh and the whole label is that sort of off-white ancient sort of looking vibe black lettering with some red lettering for chianti the little uh, logo on the gate uh, of this estate house with a nice gate around it and then frescobaldi is also in red you have a little crown on top. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So let's let's do a little swirl here of the glasses. I took a little a little hoot right earlier on, and it's, it smells very nice. So it has been decanting for a while. Yes, we, we've decanted this wine. Although we did learn there are some red wines you shouldn't, which like Pinot Noir was one that they that we heard you shouldn't necessarily decant. So and and uh, despite what we researched, uh, some white wines can be decanted too. And it, yeah, it really helps open helps, them up. Yeah. Which goes against what we said previously, but I think it's not very popular. It's, it, it, exactly, yeah. That's what, it, that's what it seemed like to us. So um, let's go in for a little sniffy sniff here. So mm. it's very 
middle of the road to me. It's mild. It's very mild. Yeah. It's um, it's not really pungent. It doesn't smell too alcoholic at all. It doesn't smell uh, overly sweet. It's, and it's not super perfumey or it's not overly aromatic. No, and I I I do get. There's a bit at the end, a little nose burn, a little. A tiny bit, yeah. And, and I, I do get, like, leather. When I'm farther away from it, I get, like, that leathery earthiness to it. Maybe not necessarily spices, which, again, we had said, like, we're not the we're best not, noses yeah. at yet. <clears throat> um, but there is sort of that off-fruit variation. And then when you get in closer, I get sort of warm spices like cinnamon, but also it, it it's dancing around, like, cherries and, and raspberries to me. Yeah. Not strawberries because it doesn't have the sweetness. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't smell super sweet. It smells like a easy drinking red wine. To be honest, it, like it's, it's a very classic red wine smell. Yep. Sorry, I just spit. <laughs> sorry, right, sorry. Right. We're all family here. Um, so I'm going for another swirl here. When you agitate it, it does smell a lot more fresh. Yeah. Uh, it smells like almost juicy, unctuous. I like that word. It's a great word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's not crazy on the nose. No, not which nothing. Kind of nice. Nothing to scare you away, and you know, yeah. it's not like you have to try with this one. Uh, you know, sometimes there's a big strong smell and you can't identify it. This is just it just smell. It smells kind of basic, like basic red wine. It, I don't know if that's a good thing to say, but what what are we getting with the color here? So I'm doing the side lean here, sort of looking, and it and it does fade to a soft pink with a watery. Uh, what do we rim around it when we do the tilted look? Yeah, I can see through the bottom. Like, it's not opaque. It's not the darkest wine that we've had, to be honest. No, I, this may be one of the lighter red wines we've had. It's still a dark red it wine. It kind of looks like Pinot, uh, Pinot Noir to me. Okay. Where it's not super, super dark. And I expect Pinot Noir to be dark because the I word know. noir. I know, but, but it's really not. Here we are. Uh, I have a little bit of sediment in my glass here, but um, maybe that, that could be more user. I, I kind of murdered the cork when did I was you? uncorking it, but oh. I, I did pretty well to keep it out. Okay, mine, mine looks pretty good. All right, should we go in for a sip? Lots of legs. Lots of legs. Yes, sip. All right, cheers. There's not much there. Completely smooth wow. across the tongue, across yeah. the palate. Coats the top of your mouth. Not a lot of... It finishes more dry than when you're drinking it. Yeah. Could you feel it almost uh, like, you know, when like there's, you spray water on pavement and, and the water slowly starts to shrink? Yeah. That's what it feels it's doing up my tongue, like drying up my tongue at the back. Yeah. It's super smooth. This- like, it's not super tannic. It's not like it doesn't taste like high acidity. It's it's really good. It's not overly sweet. No. Although, although it starts sweet and then finishes with that dryness. Yeah, but it's not like sweet... It's not candy sweet. No, it's like berry. It's almost got a little bit of a sour. A bit, yeah. And I think it makes perfect sense why this pairs well with food, which is I kind of wanted to go into the first sips with wondering, you know, what makes it pair well with food because it's going to let your food be your food. It's not going to cut fat. It's not going to accentuate herbs and spices. It's going to be easy on your palate. It's going to just sort of wash down what you had and leave you ready for your next bite. Because there's nothing lingering. Like this... Exactly, exactly how you describe the pavement. It kind of just leaves your mouth quite quickly. Like it's, it's, it's a decent flavor. It's a decent amount of. I don't even know how to explain that, but like (laughs) that's you know, and then it's just done. It's smooth. It's not like puckering. It's very instantaneous. When you're drinking it, you're drinking it. When it's done, it's done. It's it's real. I really like this. The nose doesn't the nose doesn't hit you too far ahead of it, where you are experiencing something exceptional when you're going into it. And the finish isn't so long that it's interrupting your meal. Right. 
We're going back in for another sip here. There's a flavor I almost had there. I wanted to say like um, canned fish, almost, but uh, maybe maybe I'm off there. Just almost like the like an irony taste. Not really, but tinny, a bit tinny. Is that weird? No, a little metallic, a little yeah. Um, maybe that's it. A little earthy. I'm not getting overly berry. No, the, it's more on the on the nose than than on the actual palate. Like almost so. like. A bit of citrus zest. I'm the metallic is the finish. It's just settling on my tongue. Yeah. Like if you like lick a fork and you're like, oh, I got whatever was on it, but also now I get that. Yeah. Not. It doesn't taste like blood or anything. It's it's just a bit. I don't know. It's it's almost like a sterile finish to the sense to the, to the point that it's not a flavored finish almost. What do you think? I'm going to do the... So there's a trick, apparently, if you... We listen to a sommelier say that he likes to run the wine across in between his top lip and his top gums. And if it dries out, then he knows the wine's dry. When right. This is for specifically for blind tasting. Uh, that's sort of the little rigorous test he puts it through. So I'm going to take a little sip here. I won't look at you because you might laugh. <laughs> it does. It does dry it out. Does it? Yeah. I think it's a dry. I think it's drier. It's definitely um. There's something to the, this the flavor profile. Adam is very like. I'm like racking my brain. He's like hand in face. Like I need to figure out what this is because it's almost there's a there's a freshness to it that's not berry or no, like red I fruit. Know. It's a very good wine though. Like there, it's there. If you're not one for like that strong aftertaste, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing where you up. like. Dry the your gums and put your lip up. Adam just did that, so my gums are dry. He's, he's a little squirrel man. <laughs> it's good though. It's, I'm really I'm really enjoying I this like wine. This. I don't think I've ever had a Chianti before. Me neither, but I won't be shying away from it now. No, I've I... had a Nebbiolo, and that was at uh, a wine tasting we did at your friend Francis's house. There oh, was right. a Nebbiolo there, uh, and a lot of people picked that as their favorite wine. I think I, I did. I remember that. Um, I almost like this better though. It'd be it's tough to tough to say because we had so many wines then. I don't, I don't. It's not fresh on my mind. But this is, like, there's not anything to really dislike about this one. Again, this is the Castiglione Chianti uh, by Frescobaldi. Uh, 2018. 2018. Which I think means that it was it's it was bottled in 2019. So the, the grapes were harvested and processed in 2018. Okay. And then it was it was bottled and sold in 2019. Oh, so uh, DOCG means denomination. Oh, it's... The origination. So... Origine. That's the last word. Controller and uh, it was an Italian. Never mind. So it just, I guess it just. So can we look at the back? Here? Please, yeah. So so, so read you... us the wa- read us the. Ah, uh, uh, so it's all in Italian. Oh nope. So Castiglione Chianti entices with notes of wild berries and fresh flowers and is immediately rewarding. Elegant, <laughs> smooth. It is ideal for both red and white meat dishes, as well as for medium-aged cheeses. This would go really well with cheese. Yeah. Um, do you know what the alcohol percentage is? I would say 12 and a half. Ooh, close. 13. 13. I was, I was, so, I was there. My aunt was telling me that if you look on the corner of wine glasses, you can see the sugar. Wine bottles? Yeah, <laughs> you could see the sugar amount, but I don't see it. Maybe it may be for Canadian or American ones. Yeah, it may not be for the Italian, um, but it shows you the region it's from too, with the little map of Italy. Oh yeah, 
Um, do you remember what that little snippet of the psalm said about the sulfite? So most wines contain sulfite. Which is a... Um, a preservative. Preserver. Yeah, preserver, preserver. Um, and there's a big wave of wines, natural wines, quote-unquote, and it's being led out of California that are going without... So it's for wines that are meant to be drank uh, young. Right. And it's like the natural organic route where they're not adding sulfites in to preserve it. They're just not asking. They're just saying the wine's better better drank at a young age, not to not to let it age further once you have it. Okay, cool. I, I remember hearing that. But, but sulfites, sulfites, I think they were saying um, they have to put it on there because it's an additive and because... Some people are allergic. Yes. And the people who are allergic, it's like such a small, small, small percentage. Yeah. Um, that they're kind of laughing that every bottle has to have it on there. Because it was even it was something like zero point one milligrams of sulfite or whatever that they have to put it on or more they have to put it on. And they were it was say- something super minuscule. They were saying like like actual fruit itself has, has more. more sulfite in it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, yeah, this is a pretty tasty wine here. Now, if I had to quiz you on this at the LCBO, how much do you think this wine cost? Because we did have, a, so we did look through the search results, and there was prices varying from ten dollars to three hundred dollars. Um, I'm gonna say this is about twenty two dollars. So that would put sorry, sorry. mid sip. Oh, it's almost licoricey. You know, like black re- or red, red, like red. Sorry, I should specify that, which is strawberry, I believe, in flavor, but that like candy strawberry, um, which has almost that tartness to it. I think tart's better than sour. Mm-hmm. It's um, de- yeah, it has a pang of. Tart for sure. It's it's really good. I really like this. Uh, okay, so you said twenty two dollars, which would make it one of the more expensive wines that we've had on the podcast over yep. nine episodes. The actual answer is three hundred and four. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the actual answer is fifteen dollars and ninety five cents. Oh wow. So um, let's read the let's read the little thing here. If you want to go ahead and read the flavor profile. Sure. Deep ruby color, floral, cherry, and dried fruit aromas with hints of leather, which you said, and wood. Dry, medium-bodied, good red cherry, <laughs> apple flavors, silky tanning, tanning, tannin. Oh my goodness! And <laughs> lingering finish. I don't get the lingering finish at all. It could, it could just be that the fit, like the finish on it, is lingering, as in like it, it's, it's a pretty under the radar palette, and it finishes like along with that, where it's like not overwhelming. Oh, okay, it's yeah, not abrasive. I was gonna say like it's not, but I wouldn't one say it lasts that, like, long. Hangs around the mouth. Apple. Apple is really interesting. I want go into go into your next sip here as you draw it in and let me know if apple is what you get there. She's drawing a little bit of air over the wine in her tongue right now. Do you get apple? There's a tartness with like Granny Smith apple. Like a granny, yeah. Okay, let me see here. But with the skin on, like apple skin, not like the juicy fruit. It'd be more the skin. Is that weird? No. And I, I feel like apple is really good, and apple is a difficult one to get for red wine yeah. because you think apple what's that like white fruit regardless of the color of the skin yeah. the fruit itself is white yeah so oh that's kind of interesting red cherry we, we got good red cherry which is a funny way of putting it silky tan like we said it wasn't crazy abrasive dried fruit aromas so and we did say that you get the you get the fruit on the aroma but i don't get it on the palate because when i think of dried fruit i think of sweet yeah right it, the, so the sugars intensify so i can get that by the smell uh, it's a bit florally, I'd say, with the aroma as well. But... Yeah, and and leather and wood were those like that earthy tone. I guess the wood would come from that. Yeah, and it's um, yeah, it's it's like it's got some good off fruit flavor, which yeah. I think you and I like to challenge ourselves with because it's a little bit more difficult to pick that up. But leather's pretty pretty 
you know, leathery. It's by Mark. Leather's pretty leathery. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, leather yeah. smells like leather. There's nothing else that really smells like it. Do you want any more? I would love some more. Top me up here, ma'am. Top me up, hon. Top me up, hon. Okay, perfect. There we go. That's good. And, uh, okay, we should. We should jump into the Vivino app here. Yep. Now... What do you think the star rating oh, was? You I see saw it? it. I'm so sorry. It's seven, 3.7 stars, which is fairly high. Yep. Two and a half would be middle of the road because it's a five. It's a five star rating. There's 1,837 reviews on it. Um, I would rate it a little higher. I I thoroughly am enjoying. Do you want to go four, four star? Let's do four. Yeah. Four, yeah, because I think it's pretty. Uh, it's easy drinking. Easy drinking, easy and welcoming to drink. Uh, red berries. On the pal- on the nose yep. with leather and spices. Leather and spice. Uh, wait, I guess baking spices. And baking spices. Um, mild palate with unique apple and what do we say? Tart? Like, like licorice. Oh, yeah, I, I get, but, but I guess that's like dried. Yeah, um, and like tart, don't like. And tart, uh, fruit. I don't know, not my best <laughs> review. Uh, and tar- uh, You're doing a great job. Quick and pleasurable finish, which sounds very Ooh. unique. <laughs> uh, okay, now do I get my badge? Yeah. You just rated your first Italian Chianti. You're now an explorer of Italian Chianti. Rate five more to achieve enthusiast level. Okay, so... I love how you read that every time, although it's the same message every time. So I'll I'll let you scroll down here. Let us know the tasting notes and, ooh, the the scale of uh, of how it tastes here. Uh, Where is it? I think a little bit further down. There we go. Okay, so the tasting characteristics. uh, In terms of comparing light and bold, it's in the middle. Um, Which is like the medium body, I guess, right? Yep. Comparing smooth and tannic, it's a little bit more tannic than smooth, but pretty much in the middle. Yep. Um, in terms of dry or sweet, it's way closer to the dry, which we agree. Yep. It's not all the way dry, which we've had drier wines. Um, and comparing soft and acidic, it's closer to the acidic. Which we do think it's a, it's a soft acidic. Like, that's what we kind of... For sure. Um, some of the tasting notes that people have mentioned are cherry, strawberry, raspberry, plum, blackberry, dark fruit, oak, vanilla, tobacco... Leather, earthy, smoke, pepper. Pepper, I, I like. Asparagus and hay. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> hay, hay, I've seen before. That's people looking at the bottle of their fiascos and being like, it yeah. tastes like strong. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know what's interesting? Like, looking at this, the same, like, every time we read this, there's always, like, plum, black cherry. And I think the color plays a lot into that. And I'm not saying that you don't get those tasting notes once you, you know, really think about it or... You say, like, berry flavors, you're like, oh, yeah, cherry. Oh, yeah, blackberry, blueberry. You know, I think the color definitely plays into your mind a little bit about what you're tasting. I think you're completely right on because that. Because every time it's like plum, blackberry, cherry. And, you but know. But I also think that's probably, that the, comes with with uh, aging and crushing sure. grapes. For sure. Um, all right, let's see some reviews here. Uh, give us the star rating, who it's from, and, and let's uh, let's see what they had to say. All right, from Ryan Drinks Wine. <laughs> he gave four-star rating, and he says, Lots of good cherry aroma and fairly fruity to sip. Earthy, which is lovely. Light body with good Chianti-style acidity. Really enjoyed this along, both along and with good. 
I think he means food. Oh yeah, both with and along food. That, that's, that's that's your uh, your teacher showing there, like interpreting what someone said even though they said it wrong. Yeah, um, Sam gave it a four star rating, and he said, "Good Chianti wine for its value, good acidity, body, tannins, and nice flavors of cherry, red cherry, and earthiness. Always nice with some hearty dinner." Interesting. A lot of the reviews are saying great for the price, medium body, medium intensity. Bit of funk to this one, says Nadine. <laughs> she gave it four stars, though. Notes of dry rose, black cherry, blackberry licorice, which you nailed. Uh, yes. Blackberry, oh, sorry, black pepper, smoked mushroom, and wet leaves. Um, so, sorry, go ahead. No. I was going to say, I was going to say, because you <clears throat> you sort of scoffed at her saying funk with some good funk, but it also was a four-star rating. And I think that's something that's very unique to, to um, wine tasting that you and I have sort of seen here. Um, across the articles we've read, the wines we've tasted, the reviews we've read, um, the things we've watched on TV, everything is very. Uh, it's like it's like the world of wine that people have in their in their heads and how they talk about wine is completely guided by everything else in the world that they've experienced. And then when it's in this world and sphere of wine, it's not good or bad. It's all just an indicator of the wine. So funk. If something was funky. Unless it's music, I'm usually thinking that mean, that means it's bad. gone bad. Yeah. Uh, but when you're thinking of it in the world of wine, it means that there's probably a depth of flavor there, maybe a little bit of that earthy mushroom tone that yep. comes with it. And it and it's really just a just a denotation of how to describe what the wine tastes like. And that's and that's pretty cool. Like that's kind of unique. I like that about the wine world. Yeah, and even like so, we have a subscription to Psalm TV. Is that what it's called? Yep. Um, and we've watched a couple videos and. You know, they were saying how sommeliers, they have such a different palate that they love that high acidity. They love the high tannic, which us, for example, would probably look, ooh, like that's a lot. But they love that, right? Because so it's, it's a just, challenge to like, I think. Yeah, and it's a challenge to like pick apart the notes, the flavor notes and the aroma notes, right? The so, acidity hides a lot of that. Right. So they love that, but they also say that it's a challenge to tell, you know, their customers like recommendations because what they like is usually very different and maybe a bit funky compared to what we would go to a restaurant and probably like yeah because like and enjoy are two different things what a sommelier would like is something that challenges their palate that's that's different to what they've experienced before and it's fresh and new and exciting and what somebody wants when they're at a restaurant ordering food is something that that pairs well with shrimp and something that uh, doesn't overpower their salad that they're getting so it's a very different experience there, and that's a challenge between being a sommelier and acting as a sommelier, I suppose. Yeah. What does the food pairing say there? Um, well, so just going back up to the top a little bit here, yep. it says wine ranking. So uh, of wines in the world, this ranks top 8%, and Chianti Wines, this uh, particular brand, is in the top 12%. And what I found really interesting is if you look down the grapes, so you said the San Giovanni, how do you say that? San Giovanni. Sangiovese, 90%, so this wine is made up of 90% of the Sangiovese and 10% Merlot. I really like Merlot, so maybe that's... It's coming through a little it's bit. It's coming through and, a bit. And we, we actually, we had a Wolf Blast Merlot the other night. And really what we good. what we liked about it was how smooth it was across the palate, and this is very reminiscent of that. Yeah, and that probably maybe there's some some part of the Merlot that comes across with that, but that may be something with Sangiovese as well. So yeah, I don't know. And the food pairing says uh, poultry, beef, and veal, which is interesting because that's white meat and that's red meat. Yeah, which the LCBO app said right or what? Or I think that was the the, uh, the back of the bottle. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, so the uh, final part of the episode, we have to say if we're going to recommend this wine or not. Um, I'll go first because I think you want to sort of tidy this one up. I think you have a lot of positive feelings about it. I would absolutely uh, recommend this wine. I think it would be a good a good wine, like we had said, uh, or like we read, sorry, that it was uh, a good pairing with um, with cheeses. I think this would be a great wine to put with a charcuterie board because you're going to get the spiciness and the, you know, with the aged meats, you get a bit of that funk and earthiness with it as well. I think it would match with that really well. And I also think the freshness and the acidity of it would cut with the like decadence of a brie or, uh, you know, sure. some, some heavy cheeses. So I think it, it could be a really fun wine and it's not a wine that's going to offend anybody or yeah. challenge anybody too much. It's just going to be enjoyable. And while they may not talk about how good the wine is, it's not going to overshadow anything else or put anybody off. So yes, for me. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you just said. Um, it's an easy drinking red, um, especially if you're not super into red wine this is easy drinking it's not overpowering i really enjoy it um and i would recommend as well i I really like this wine yeah and i think that sums up for us here uh our first foray into italian wine has been a smashing success yeah and uh we'll say cheers thank you for listening and uh until next week